Welcome to Beyond the Shelf. I'm Scott Curry with Chef's Best. We gather to talk about the trends in marketing, retail, and production in food and beverage that are shaping the industry. We are joined today by entrepreneur Mohamed Salahi. Mohamed is CEO and co-founder of Harai Spice, a producer of Afghani saffron, known both as the Queen of Spices and sometimes in Afghanistan referred to as Red Gold. He founded Harai in 2017 with his Bachelor of Science in Information Technology and a Master's of IT Management from Illinois Institute of Technology, Mohammed has held a wide range of jobs in tech, including for Valkyrie, Granger, and Blue Cross Blue Shield. He also was a math teacher at the Afghan Institute of Strategic Studies in Herat, Afghanistan, welcoming hundreds of uh, students past their college admissions exams and teaching calculus and differential equation. Both of which, frankly, frighten me to even think about. Uh, he was also was a military linguist for the United States Army for four years and a volunteer supervisor for the World Health Organization. Welcome to the podcast, Mohammed. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. A pleasure being with you. Wonderful. You know, it, it is it is great to have you here. Uh, you have a, an amazing journey, an amazing story. Um, you know, starting with your childhood and bringing you to where you are today. Uh, I think my bio only maybe scratches the surface of some of that journey. So uh, starting wherever you would like to begin, if you could share with our listeners a little bit about, uh, you know, your upbringing and what brought you to this moment here with uh, what, what seems to be just a very successful uh, company, uh uh, you know, helping farmers in Afghanistan. We'll get into all that, but uh, bringing saffron into the into our United States and Western markets. But go ahead and share your journey a little bit, if you will. Sure. Thank you so much, Scott, for giving me the opportunity. Um, I am originally from Afghanistan. I was raised and born in Afghanistan. Um, I moved there to U.S. Um, in 2014 when I was around age 21. Um, so you know, I, I came from a farming background. My father, my mom cousins, all of them are still farmers. And I have been a farmer too, and I am still a farmer. So after um, high school, I was learning English. My family always had the purpose that, you know, we, you guys have to study. Me, my siblings, we have to finish school. So right after, during the high school, I, I joined the U.S. Army as a military linguist. Beside that, still I was in the farm, busy in Afghanistan, as well as going to work and going to school. So um, after working four years with the U.S. Army as a military and cultural advisor, um, I got a visa to come to U.S. And uh, I wanted to, I mean, I, I, studied, I started my school here in the U.S. Um, as uh, in computer science, bachelor's of science. And then at, in, at beginning of the school, I always wanted to do something which is connecting me back to where I came from and what I was doing. Um, as I said before, and in a few other interviews, farming for me was a lifestyle and, and something that I love to do, not just uh, a period of time passed in my life. I just always wanted to be connected with farming. So um, when uh, during my second year of school, uh, actually third year of school uh, in U.S., I started my business here, registered in, in FDA and state of Illinois. And wanted to uh, somehow connect myself with my, with my root, with my farmers back in Afghanistan. And um, so finished school, uh, you know, did a lot of marketing as well as working as a software engineer with few uh, technological companies that you mentioned. And uh, that brought me here today. We have, uh, we started, I started my own family. Um, and right now we have 28 family farmers in Hiraya Spice Food Co-op or Farmers Co-op. 
Um, we are helping those farmers, training them on how to uh, process, cultivate, and clean saffron based on the U.S. market standards. Um, I also have more than 100 or probably 120 restaurants buying our saffron, probably around uh, another 100 people uh, basically routinely um, ordering saffron online. And we, are, we just switched to retail market from food services. So it's growing and I am super happy to talk to you about the entire journey as, as we talk more. Outstanding. And, and I have a lot of questions about saffron. I'm excited to learn and share with our <laughs> listeners. Uh, about Saffron, but if you could share a little bit about, uh, you know, I think we usually call it a business model, but I know that you you almost call it more of a mission model. If you could share a little bit about uh, how you work with these farmers, what the co-op is, how, you know, money is distributed. Uh, and then, of course, if you could touch on the impact, uh, I don't know how we break it down, but the, how an impact of, of any purchasing of Horizon Saffron uh, what does that impact feel like on the ground for these farmers in Afghanistan? Absolutely. So the business model that we work, our entire motto is how we can help more farmers in Afghanistan to cultivate saffron, but not poppy or opiums, as well as how we can help more American chefs or international chefs um, to cook with good ingredients, with you know um, healthy as well as you know ingredients with people are. Uh, worked on them for a living and people who basically cultivated this product, not for a corporate, but for a living. So um, the business model is working in a way that we basically attract farmers in Afghanistan. We talk to them, we persuade them to cultivate saffron. Also a portion of that is training farmers to cultivate saffron or um, cultivate it in, in, in a way that, you know, that we are not, we are not losing a lot of the minerals or a lot of the, the investment that the farmers have as well as we are producing saffron, which is expected in the U.S. Now, you know, Afghanistan is a very traditional um, agricultural society. Not a lot of um, codes of, um, you know, agricultural farming in the U.S. Are, are considered in Afghanistan. So we have to know that, hey, these farmers, they have to, we don't, we don't want them to use chemical in our, uh, any, any fertilization of chemical in the saffron. We want them to be as genuine as it is. And also we have to make sure that they know how to process. So this is like empowering the Afghan family farmers in a way, because we are helping them to cultivate the product that we need. Also, we are, uh, when we came to the money side or the business model, we pay them fair trade. We charge more our American allies here, but also we pay more to our farmers because um, in returns, the farmers are also giving us better products. So they are not giving us the product that they usually produced in the past, for the local markets because we have better expectation we will uh, test every batch of saffron that is coming to us it is tested according to iso certificate uh, 3632 so the saffron has to pass a microbiological test that is our first expectation so we give them sanitization supplies making sure they are educated both from a health perspective as well as from a farming perspective and in the us we do marketing we work with chefs we do uh we work on, on concept on how we can help chefs with good ingredients and uh, how they can help us with helping the community in Afghanistan, building a community. Um, so that is, uh, so it's, it's a both win-win. So we help chefs here with good product and we help uh, more family farmers in Afghanistan. And there's another thing, Scott, that I do out of just love that I have for my country. And that is we invest 10% of our net income to build the schools for Afghan children. That is something we are not getting fun from anybody. It's just our own net income. We want to help the farmers' children so that they are 
they learn English, you know, sometimes they became in the future, they became successful and entrepreneur and they came to US and, and help the country again. So, um, and the impact of that in the African family farmers, here's the impact of that. First of all, we have 35 women during the harvest time season, which they are, some of them are really, they are the only one uh, bread owners for their family. So they are working with our co-op in Afghanistan. We have an office there. We have also an office in Chicago. The other impact is, you know, the less opium or drugs is produced, the less uh, problems we have in the world. It, it has such a negative impact, both on the military terrorism, as well as such a negative impact on our society, creating more addicted people for the opium. So our mission is on how we can persuade farmers not to fall in the trap of, hey, let me <laughs> cultivate opiums or drugs. And we want to make sure that they 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 cultivate and, and they grow a healthy and a clean and legal uh, product. So this is our mission. Hmm. What, a, what a great mission. What a great, wonderful example of, I think, what we call social capitalism, right? It's uh, using business, using consumer, using consumer demand. And to just check off, uh, you know, what you listed there, you're talking about uh, ensuring that these farmers, uh, you know, are growing product that is productive in our society as opposed to detrimental. Uh, I think that we're all familiar with uh, that a lot of the world's opium comes from Afghanistan. However, if we do also look at it through empathy, uh, exactly. you know, you can understand that a, a farmer wants what we want in the world, right? You want a family that can eat, that has shelter and those things. And if there are not other opp opportunities, then they may choose an opportunity uh, that, you know, is is not as productive, right? And absolutely, that's not exclusive. That type of comment is certainly not exclusive to Afghanistan. I think there's examples in our own neighborhoods anywhere in the world uh, where, sure. where people are just are, are looking to have those necessities in life. And you mentioned, you know, employing women, which I think we're again familiar with, uh, you know, the more you can empower and educate women, uh, the stronger their society uh, can become. And a lot of that beginning with education. Uh, so it's wonderful Absolutely. to hear that, uh, you know, you actually have specific initiatives aligned around providing schools and education. Uh, you know, you could almost envision a world where if there's more of this, we could we could be solving problems, uh, a, a lot more problems. Um, let's talk about saffron a little bit here, right? Um, For sure. <laughs> and boy, am I coming at this from a, a standpoint of, of a lack of understanding. So I'm going to ask you to educate me. Uh, I believe that you have, uh, you know, I think you mentioned on your website that uh, the city of Herat, which is where you're from, uh, that 90% yeah. of Afghani saffron is cultivated within that province. So uh, I have one kind of global question for you, which is, could you describe the saffron market from a global standpoint? Um, understanding 90% of Afghani saffron comes from that province, uh, naturally 10% elsewhere. Where does that fit into the global uh, stage, you know, from a saffron standpoint? I, I, I believe, you know, in Persia and, and India Absolutely. as well. But how, how, how much does 90% of the Afghani saffron uh, equate on a global stage? Absolutely. So right now, um, as you might be familiar, Iran is the, the biggest producer of saffron in the in the world. They are producing around uh, 90% or 85% of the world's saffron. In the second to that list is um, Morocco and India. So these two countries, sometimes 
Spain is also claiming, but actually Spain is not producing as much. They are mostly relabeling the Iranian of saffron and selling under their own name. So uh, those three top three countries are India, I mean, uh, Iran, India, and Morocco. But in the recent years, Afghanistan is sometimes number third, sometimes number fourth. So we produce around um, six to 7% of the world's saffron right now. Um, and the reason is that, um, you know, during the Taliban regime, people were persuaded or they were, you know, motivated to cultivate opiums because that is the, you know, in, in, when, when Taliban were in Afghanistan from 1992 until almost a thousand, it was, uh, that was their main source of income. How can we produce more opium and, and persuade farmers on that, on that track? So farmers of Afghanistan, this was, they, they have been cultivating this before 1990s. But then the Taliban regime somehow blocked that because they could not sell it to the international markets. And saffron is something that international markets needed. So um, we, right after 2000, that U.S. Army and, and the, you know, the whole uh, um, international forces came to Afghanistan, this has started to realive again in Afghanistan. And now, as I said, we are producing around 6 to 7% of the world's saffron. But there's another thing, Scott, to that, and that is the quality of Afghan saffron. So there's, a, there's a, an institution based in Brazil, um, which it's called uh, the International Taste and Quality of Brazil. Um, they, in, in the fourth year in a row, or the, since 2016, Afghanistan saffron has been ranked the number one based on the ISO certificates. And the reason is that there's not a lot of chemical or, or GMO or engineering into the saffron that is happening in Afghanistan. Everything is as genuine, as organic as you can think of, because farmers are, first of all, you know, advanced society like Iran is kind of like semi-developed country. They know a lot of engineering of the food, and that is not something Afghan people are doing. So it's a lot of organic, a lot of like artisan or their local cultural cultivation process which give us better product because there's less fertilization of chemicals, there's less engineering. So it's, it's the own product itself. That's why we, in, 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 from the scale of quality, not the quantity, um, and I'm very objective on this, we are number one, we are producing the top saffron in the world. The quantity Iran is beating us itself for sure. I, I sit here in admiration for, I would say your presumed ability to just taste the difference between different saffron uh, and appreciate the difference, something I, I, I don't have the palate for. Uh, perhaps I, I might be lucky enough to develop it. But um, to that point of ignorance, when I think of saffron, I typically think of yellow saffron. Uh, I'm not sure why, so I want to ask why, because I know that if you visit your website, which is uh, you know haraispice.com, you have these wonderful photos of saffron. It, it's I think kind of grown in this in the within the flower, right? And it's just this incredible red. It's a it's a very difficult red for me to describe. It, it's just just such a purity to it. Um, but I, I guess there's a question there of why do I think of yellow saffron? And is there what am I missing here? Um, for sure. <laughs> what's, what's, what's different? Uh, I was surprised when I went to your website and I saw red. Uh, I thought saffron was yellow. And, <laughs> and I said, it's a good thing that I'm going to talk to Muhammad because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> for sure, Scott. So um, here's, here's, the, here's the, 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 re the reason. Number one, in the U.S., and a lot of people are thinking the saff saffron is yellow or it has some mixed uh, red ones. That's not true. Saffron is 100% um, red. 
And the reason for that, you know, we have three types of saffron. So when you get these saffron threads or the strings out of the crocus flower, they have a yellow part at the bottom of them. They have a little yellow part. So we don't sell the yellow parts. Yellow parts, um, when, when you sell saffron with the yellow car parts, we call them pushal. The Persian word for that pushal, in, in English, pushal mean, um, pushal means something like coverage. So that's uh, the local, uh, the, the, the translation. Most of the saffron that are coming in the U.S. are pushal. These are either coming from Spain, India, or Iran, but they are not uh, red ones. They are not actual red. We sell, a, so there's the pushal, which is basically the yellow ones, a little bit of red. And then you have the red, like 80% red, and then you have a little bit of the yellow parts of the, that's also part of saffron, but it is not the parts that are the, the that are the saffron traits, the red, uh, you know, saffron. So when you sell, when, when companies carry a little bit of yellow, mostly uh, red, then we call that sargol. That sargol in, in English means head of the flower. So that some companies carry that one. We don't sell these two. These are ISO category number two. So we are selling ISO category number one, which is called nagin. Nagin means crown, like if you have a crown. So crown is what I mean, like, so if we, when we sell saffron nagin or super nagin, it is only the red part. The red part is the one that giving you the most flavor and the most smell. So the yellow part is essentially like a, uh, it's like the root of the saffron stigma or the saffron strings. So now we don't sell that. And the reason is that we, we make sure, we told our farmers to please process in a way. It takes more time. It takes more energy. But give us only the red parts because that's where the strength of the saffron is coming. That's when you get the most flavor and color and smell. Now, when you cook with saffron, the saffron color is uh, kind of like yellow or goldish. It's golden color. But uh, but uh, so th that is the reason, and, and the reason you never saw or you saw less of red one, because in the U.S. market the saffron, uh, you guys are, oh, I'm a U.S. citizen now, so we don't get as much of good product from Iran or Spain, and uh, I don't want to say oh, I'm I have a good company, but it's uh, as uh, it's based on the facts because we don't import anything Pushal or Sergol. We only import Negin or the the crown of the saffron. So that is like the the basically the ring of the saffron. And that is why, uh, but I will make sure, Scott, that uh, I will send you some saffron as a gift so you will see what I'm talking in regards to that comparison. I, I would love to, because my next question is, if I wanted to use a cook with saffron, where do I start? So if, uh, if I'm fortunate in you, to, that you send me some, sure. uh, consider myself a very amateur cook, right? Um, sure. However, one very curious, and, and I want to note, too, I, I respect and hear your humility, yet pride in having the best saffron. Uh, <laughs> sure. I, I want to acknowledge that. But So w where do I start um, if I want to cook with saffron? I would say the only time I've ever had it is prepared at a restaurant, which, you know, I never even try and imagine how the chef is getting to, you know, a wonderful meal. There's too many steps in between for someone like me. But if I want to cook at home with it, what would your suggestion be uh, for how I would, well, let's go. What it, how, how, what's it look like when I receive it? What do I do with it? How do I prepare it? What do I put it on? Absolutely. So, so when you receive the saffron, it's going to come in a little jar. And uh, <clears throat> the saffron that you will receive, you know, the, the jar, if it's like based on the quantity. So you know, it, it depends on how, what type of recipe and for how many people you want. For how many people, that's the main question. If you want to make a recipe for one or two people, imagine, or three people max. So you don't need as much of the strings. You only need probably like a, a, a pinch, maybe 
10 to 15 of those uh, saffron strings. So, and then there's two ways that you can get the best out of the saffron. Number one is you, you let it to sit in the water for 10 to 15 minutes. Um, any water is fine, but I recommend for my chefs to put it in hot water so that the saffron actually sits. Any herb in the hot water will give you its, its own like flavor and its own aroma. So let it be in the hot water for maybe five to 10 minutes. And uh, basically you can grind the saffron or you can put the whole uh, strings of them. If you put the entire saffron thread, then you can see it on your food. When you, when you eat, you will see, oh, I see the saffron in the food. If you, you know, ground it, then you will not see the saffron in your food while you're eating, but you still get the same result. So the, so the first way is to just grind the saffron or just put the whole threads um, into a cup of water uh, as probably half a cup would be fine for, for 15 or, or 10 strings of, of uh, saffron threads. Or you can ground it and then I would recommend to use it in hot boiled water or just hot water is fine too. So that um, it will give the actual aroma and the flavor and it sits for, for a few minutes, then you will get the actual color, which is coming like golden or a little bit greenish golden. And then you, based on your, your recipe, if you're cooking risotto or rice, um, well, you know, uh, there's a different way of cooking. I'm not a professional chef, but when the when you're act, adding all the seasoning or when you're adding the other uh, seasonings into your, your food, do you just add the saffron um, in your food and you mix it with your food? Or sometimes if you're making a, a ice cream or something, the same way when it's time to add the saffron, you just add the saffron with that water um, so that uh, you need half of water, as much as water is needed. So then you will enjoy the saffron. So that is my recommendation of getting the best out of saffron. Now how to cook with it, that's a different question, which I have to answer a different way. <laughs> yeah, you know what, because I mean, you know what I mean? It's called like, there's like, I, I there's risotto, uh, bouillabaisse, paella, rice, chicken. So like, uh, that is different mm -hmm. to how we can use the saffron, but to get the best out of it, that's my recommendation. Sure, and, and and on your website, there's there's I believe some recipes. Uh, I want to encourage folks to visit there, uh, and it's harayspice.com, and it's spelled pretty simply here: H-E-R-A-Y spice.com. Uh, let's see how else other folks can find you. Follow you. They can find you on Facebook at Harai Spice. So I encourage people to go there. Um, you know, but all, all of your website, your social media has. Some great photos of you with uh, some of the farmers. You can learn more about uh, Mohammed's story. And uh, as I understand, you have some, uh, well, I presume they're friends of yours as well. Uh, Iqbal and, and Sharam and others that are involved in this as well. Exactly. Uh, doing great things. Uh, is there any other way that, that we should mention folks can find you? Uh, you said you, have, you obviously have wholesale to many restaurants, uh, I think particularly throughout Chicago area. Um, but uh, and you can shop online, but uh, talk about retail a little bit, if you will. Absolutely. So we, you know, the, the, one of the big, uh, you know, we had another uh, meeting because, you know, we have been chosen as one of the new guards for this year, which was a, a big, uh, a big, a big prize for us, a big, uh, you know, uh, award for us. Congratulations. So, that, thank you so, so much. Knows, that's a very prestigious uh, given by Eater, I believe, right? Exactly. I appreciate it. Yes. So we, we um, you know, we have Instagram. We're very active uh, recently. You know, I, we are in the process of hiring a marketing person because we need some help on the uh, both social media marketing as well as writing recipes and, and writing more blogs for our website. So right now they can definitely visit us on our, on our website, erasebus.com. They can find us on Instagram. 
Um, regarding wholesale, I know a lot of folks on the wholesale market, they are not on Instagram. So uh, they can, or some, sometimes they are. So they can just visit our website. We have a, a specific uh, page for wholesale so they can request and we will call them. Uh, we have definitely different price for wholesale businesses versus the retail. Um, since the beginning of COVID-19, we try to make our brand a little bit more appealing to customers or business to customers. But before that, we were more looking for wholesalers or, or distributors. But anyone is super welcome. We appreciate the helps of anyone, you know, visiting our website, uh, giving us feedback, shopping on our website. This is truly appreciated. Excellent. Well, I encourage folks to do that. Uh, you know, company's only really three years old. Uh, you're obviously doing great things. We mentioned that. And if you go on the website, you can see how the growth of of the company is leading to direct impact in terms of number of folks employed, particularly again, women. Uh, so I encourage everyone to support. And it sounds like not only because of the wonderful mission you have, but you have convinced me that you have the highest quality saffron <laughs> as well. Sure. Uh, you can tell that you're, you take a lot of care and passion uh, in the product that that's provided and in the Chefs and restaurants seem to agree with you as well. So I want to thank you very, very much for coming on here, sharing your story with our listeners uh, and wishing you a lot of luck and certainly encourage anyone that, uh, you know, even has the itch to perform this kind of social capitalism to see this as inspiration and an example of, um, you know, how commerce can can lead to bettering a lot of lives. So encourage folks to do that. Um, again, thank you very much for coming on, Mohammed. You're very welcome, Scott. Thank you for having me. It was really a pleasure talking to you and with your audience. And thank everyone for listening to me and, and, and helping us. We appreciate that. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Shelf, presented by Chef's Best. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your episodes. For more details about all of our episodes from inside the ever-changing food and beverage industry, visit chefsbest.com.